It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, June 14th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Biden administration announced Friday intentions to reinstate so-called roadless rural protections for the Tongass National Forest. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, it's the latest twist in a long-running battle over logging and other development on federal lands in southeast Alaska. The roadless rule restricts development on federal forest lands, but from the get-go, it's been opposed by successive governors seeking to exempt the Tongass National Forest and what's historically been the heart of Alaska's timber industry. The Trump administration announced a full exemption last year, and that prompted environmentalists, fishermen, and tribes to sue to overturn the decision. So Friday's announcement is the latest twist in this 20-year saga, and reactions have been mixed. Robert Venables of Southeast Conference, a regional civic and business organization, says the federal government's changing posture leads to uncertainty over who will have access to Southeast Alaska's natural resources and for how long. It's, it's very disappointing to see the continual back and forth every four years. Others lauded the announcement, which they say could protect prized salmon and deer habitat. We, of course, as Native people, we are tied to the land. That's Tribal President Joel Jackson speaking from the Kuprinoff Island village of Cake in the heart of the Tongass, where his community hunts, fishes, and gathers much of its food. We go shopping in our forests and on, on our waters to get our food, traditional food that we eat mostly. So it's important that we have the old growth timber. The Biden administration has cited its January executive order on climate change as the reasoning behind the decision. Studies have shown the nearly 17 million acre national forest is a major carbon sink. Austin Williams, legal and policy director of Trout Unlimited's Alaska office, says that gives the Tongass global significance. You know, there's absolutely no reason for us to continue to clear cut log old growth forest. It's a a critically important resource and and something that we need to be taking much better care of. Alaska's Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy took to social media to decry the announcement, pledging to use every tool available to push back against the Biden administration's decision. U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, a key proponent to rolling back the roadless rule, also criticized the decision. It remains unclear what will happen next. It took the Trump administration nearly two years to undergo a full rulemaking process, That included public hearings and formal consultations to rewrite the rules. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Alaska's top official says the governor's plan to evenly split permanent fund earnings between dividends and state operations is a path toward stability. Lucinda Mahoney is the commissioner of the State Department of Revenue and was in Sitka last week to sell the Chamber of Commerce on the 50-50 plan. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. You could have been listening to the news in Alaska over the past couple of years with only half an ear and still know that the state's finances are in trouble. The state has been dipping into its reserves to make ends meet since 2016, and that well is running dry. So we have a problem, and we have a structural problem, and the governor recognizes that we need to fix this problem. The fix involves using earnings from the state's huge permanent fund, which currently stands at $81 billion, to balance the budget while still cutting an annual dividend check for more than $2,000 to every resident of the state. The governor's strategy is one that has been discussed for years. It's called percent of market value, 
or withdrawing up to 5% of the permanent fund a year and splitting that withdrawal between state government and residents. But there's a catch, actually two, and I'll get to the second in a moment. Taking out just the 5% of the permanent fund next year won't cover the state's deficit. There's got to be a bit more the first time, according to Mahoney. In order for that plan to work, there needs to be a one-time draw from the permanent fund itself of $3 billion. And this would be above what the normal 5% um, that that the permanent fund currently uses. And so there is a recognition that um, this is unstructured, but the governor is focusing on this being a one-time only draw that will enable the state to get on footing and become much more sustainable. That second catch I mentioned, oil royalties are the state's principal source of revenue, and they are notoriously volatile. The governor has finally acknowledged that the state needs a sustainable revenue stream. I also want to point out that as a part of his plan, there would be a requirement for new revenue measures, and that would be about $300 million. That is our estimate at this point in time. However, the governor believes that we can accomplish this without having to implement a broad-based sales tax or income tax. The governor has called the legislature into special session to hopefully hammer out an agreement on the plan and ultimately to draft a constitutional amendment to put before voters in November of 2022. It's a tall order, even though percent of market value has broad support among legislators. Former Sitka Chamber board member Dan Jones was the only member of the public to express concerns to Commissioner Mahoney following her presentation, and those concerns are likely shared by many in the Capitol. I appreciate that the governor wants to have a comprehensive plan and a comprehensive resolution to the problems that he has actually caused over his time in government, said Jones, so I'm glad you're talking about it. Jones was leery of where the governor's plans for $300 million in additional state revenues would land. If, despite assurances, it is a statewide sales tax, Jones said that would hurt communities like Sitka that already have sales taxes. Instead, Jones favored an income tax, which would also tap the paychecks of non-residents who earn a living in Alaska but don't live here. He also was hesitant about percent of market value, not the idea, but the number. Be careful about that 5% of market value, Jones urged Commissioner Mahoney, because that's big. Mahoney closed her remarks to the Sitka Chamber by urging the community to speak out because the plan won't be permanent, it won't be in the Constitution unless voters put it there. And nothing gets the attention of voters like their permanent fund dividend checks. The challenge that we face, um, you know, as a state in discussing our fiscal situation is largely based around this dividend. And um, in some circles of conversations, some people don't support a dividend. Some people support a full dividend. Some people support the half dividend, which is what the governor is proposing here. Everybody has an opinion about it. And, said Mahoney, the governor wants to hear those opinions. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. 
A half dozen large cruise ships are projected to visit Skagway later this summer, but as KHNS's Mike Swayze reports, they'll be running at reduced capacity and realistic passenger numbers are difficult to come by. Last week, city officials estimated nearly 100,000 passengers are likely to visit. Skagway businesses have been scrambling over the last few weeks to respond to the news that there will most likely be a shortened cruise ship season this summer. Some have chosen to ramp up staffing and ordering. Others have chosen to stay shuttered based on the low volume of visitors and the uncertainty of the schedules. Disney Cruise Lines announced Tuesday that they won't be visiting Skagway this summer after publicly announcing that they would be sailing their regular schedule. Additionally, cruise line agencies don't publish passenger counts for individual vessels. So, to try and make a realistic passenger count available, Skagway Mayor Andrew Cromata released a comprehensive tally based on his own research. I was able to contact representatives from Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines, you know, uh, Celebrity, Carnival, and Princess. These are the boats that are coming, and get kind of when they start, when they end, and how many people, more importantly, they're expecting per cruise. According to the mayor's math, the projected total number of passengers that will visit this summer is less than a tenth of Skagway's typical cruise passenger volume. So it's good to have a realistic perspective about what's coming our way, especially if you're a business owner who has to make really hard decisions about when you're going to open, how you're going to staff, etc. Tuesdays look like the biggest days, with two ships calling for most of August. Skagway could see about 5,400 passengers a day for those dates. But in late July and September, the numbers look to top out in the low 3,000s. Mondays and Wednesdays will see passenger counts roughly in the 2,500 range, though Wednesdays will start slower in late July and pick up in August. Fridays will see somewhere near 1,500 passengers calling, and the American Constellation ships will be visiting all day and overnight on Sundays from mid-July through August with under 100 passengers. But then there's the lawsuit filed by the state of Florida and recently joined by the state of Texas. Cromata says those states are trying to remove any cruise-related restrictions set forth by the CDC, such as mask regulations. It could invalidate Congress's workaround of a law that normally requires Alaska-bound foreign-flagged ships to stop in Canada. If that happens... All but the smaller U.S.-flagged American constellation would be barred from visiting Alaska ports. These numbers are projections based on research done by Skagway Borough officials and as such are subject to change. The official calendar is available on the Skagway Borough website and is published by Cruise Line Agencies of Alaska. The mayor's projections can be found on the Mayor Andrew Cromata Facebook page. Reporting from Skagway, I'm Mike Swayze. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.